What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Track 24, The Gauntlet. The Cowboys are entering the gauntlet. The Philadelphia Eagles are currently in the gauntlet. Uh, the Cowboys, actually, I call it the anti-gauntlet with all the crappy teams we just finished playing. But per usual, I'm your host, The Rook, and I'm joined by the medical guy, and we are here to shatter the script uh, after Thanksgiving. So we've got a couple of track rankings for you guys. Best top three side dishes for Thanksgiving. Of course, we got the Week 12 Thanksgiving recap, uh, Week 13 predictions, two-minute drill presented to you by the medical guy with our video injury analysis or picture, whichever one <laughs> is going to be presented. We never know. You got the heave of the week, the Rooks looks, the kids' picks are back this week. We got three for Thursday night football uh, for the Dallas Cowboys versus uh, Seahawks game. So without further ado, the medical guy, how are things? How was your Thanksgiving? We were they're there great, at the same man. time. Yeah, they were great, man. You <laughs> saw how half of it went. Saw all the crazy dogs running around and and going nuts as well as, well as the children. Uh, but you know, good fellowship with the family, both sides of the family, and and just good hanging out, eating some great food, man. Like we talked about earlier, you know, had to get in the gym this week, sweat some of that oh, off. Yeah. You know, Nana cooks <laughs> everything. The base layer of her food is at least one stick of butter. That that's not counting any other sticks of butter. There's, right. there's one stick of butter and everything and had to get in the gym yesterday and sat in a sauna for like 30 minutes a day and don't know if I made a dent in it, but we're trying. <laughs> we're trying. How was your Thanksgiving? You were there was, as well. <laughs> I was there as well. Yeah, it, it was the, you're right on the stick of butter thing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, Cowboys win. Always a better Thanksgiving. The food is fantastic, which we'll get into how, what our favorite sides are in a minute about Thanksgiving, which is always the best. I personally enjoy the sides more than the main course. I'll Absolutely. work my way around. And then once I get towards the middle pause, like I just, I get too full, but no pause, no pause, no, no pause. Thanksgiving food, you know, it's whatever. But uh, yeah, Nana, Nana knows how to, whew, she knows how to cook, man. Um, yeah. This year it was like, she was trying to prove something. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. She was, she was Dak Prescott's on a prove it year. Well, Nana, <laughs> Nana's on a prove it Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Year, she's, you know? trying to, she's trying to make the team this year. <laughs> Last year under contract, you know? Yeah. And what's not as nuts is like, it's always good. And this year, it, somehow it was better. Yeah. <laughs> Approve it, year. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Well, let's get into our set of the script segment. Uh, this is the Bitches Love Sports podcast um, on Twitter. I found it on there. This is their video that they posted. I'm not sure if they siphoned it off from some other account. But I've seen on YouTube, we're getting like a copyright notice. So whatever. It's Twitter. But... Here we go. This is them talking about Dak Prescott as the MVP candidate and whatnot. No one's playing better right now than Dak, and he was asked yesterday about being mentioned in the MVP conversation. Here's what he had to say about that. What I say to myself is I really I haven't done shit. You know what I mean? It's um, regular season. Numbers are great. We're getting wins. That's, what, that's what's most important. But at the end of the day, we're trying to stack and keep growing this team to make sure that we're getting better each and every week. I mean, what are we supposed Ooh. to do if Dak's going to say he ain't right? do nothing? Like, the he whole, took your bet. Yeah, the, the, whole, <laughs> the whole thing that we do is say, hey, Dak, you're playing MVP-level football. Do it in the playoffs, yeah. even though it's not the playoffs. So what are we supposed to do if Dak undercuts our whole industry? Come on, Dak. Dak got hold of the rundown is what happened. <laughs> Dak playing chess. Part of the yeah. show. Look, I, this Hey, talking about taking your bit, man. Talk about taking your bitch. Congrats on the father. Congrats on the kid, Dak Prescott. But you know, it, it is 
comical to see this because they're saying it out loud is the wait a minute what that Dak is saying all these perfect things behind the mic after the post game uh he knows that this game doesn't mean shit and that the real objective is the super bowl oh my god we can't say anything about Dak prescott and it's and it's funny because he's been doing that for eight years and we talked about it off the record and i'll let you expand on it because this is probably the direction you're going to go um is the fact that we have just gone to war for eight years in the group <laughs> chats, in person, at public events, parties, you name it. Meeting a random guy at a bar when you're wearing a Dallas Cowboys hat. So it's Dak Prescott, your guy, and you go into a 30-minute argument with a 50-year-old marble marble man smoker drinking tequila at some local bar off I-45. And you're just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sick and tired. And now he's finally getting praises. He's finally getting his flowers. And at the same time, we don't care. We're not trying to stat watch. We want a, a Cowboys Super Bowl. We believe Dak is a guy that can do it, and this is a prove-it year for Dak. So that's kind of my take on this side of the script. Still got some work to do, like he says. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree with everything you said. Um, and it, it's awesome <laughs> It's awesome <laughs> to see him play well and get recognized for it. But also – and he's done it before, but it's coming to light now, it seems like. But him also recognizing, like, hey, I haven't done anything either. Yes, it's great that I'm doing good. However, winning is more important than me doing good. And that's something you want to see from the quarterback and whatnot. Um, now, the other thing is RG3 in that in that script or in that in that post. Bozo alert. Yeah. Uh, man is laughing through the tears right now. Uh, I know we <laughs> saw the past couple weeks he's kind of put out his own uh sales pitch that he should be a quarterback and then the Browns went and hired Joe Blacko to be the quarterback. <laughs> uh so you know uh, man is you want to talk about D B list. I know he didn't make it, but man, just to see him, you know, sitting up there laughing and smiling through the tears right there. He's he's having a tough go at it. Yeah. It, it would stink to see to put yourself out like that and just get crushed with uh, Joe Flacco, who didn't even play for the Jets, yeah, and <laughs> get picked up off the get picked up off the couch, and he's like, "Oh, the backup quarterback of the Browns." Yeah, the the most pathetic part of that of his sales pitch was, "Hey guys, I finally learned how to slide." Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was the best part. I was like, "Wow, it took you 13 years." Yeah, I 10 mean, years too late. Yeah, 10 uh, years, a knee too late. Sorry. <laughs> it took us it took us I me mean, uh well i'm not even gonna say that but yeah <laughs> all right moving on hey well <laughs> let's get into your two minute drill um and then we'll move into the week 12 recap but i'll hand it over to you awesome awesome well let's get it started i have a lot on here um but i'm gonna go through them pretty quick uh but we have two of them that came out of the browns we got miles garrett who uh, hurt his shoulder, so keep an eye out on that. He's kind of the heartbeat for that defense. Phenomenal player, arguably defensive player of the year right now, and just watch out for that. Second is Amari Cooper took a shot to the ribs. Um, Big hit. X-ray came back negative, so that's good, but still bruised ribs are not something that are fun to deal with. Uh, another one for the Browns, but that's going to be my my injury, injury video analysis. Uh, next, we have Titus Howard, uh, tackle for the Texans, had banged up his knee. Uh, imaging actually came out better than what they thought. So he, he might be out a little bit, um, but better than what was expected. Another big one, Jonathan Taylor. He's on one of my fantasy teams. This was hard to hear, but he ended up having uh, thumb surgery. He'll be out for two to three weeks. Being a ball carrier, I don't think it'll be 
too crazy for him or anything like that. It's not like some of the quarterbacks that have gone through it, uh, these thumb injuries this year. Um, but big hit, especially in like prime time, fantasy football time. Um, yeah. But hopefully, hopefully heals. I know he's dealt with the contract thing, so hopefully heals fine, comes back, um, you know, in tip top shape. Uh, another big one for the Chargers, Joey Bosa, uh, foot, ankle, look, uh, injury. I saw the video, and it's kind of hard to gauge, and they hadn't really come out too much about it. But it's either going to be something with Achilles or or something like with an ankle fracture. But he went to the IR, so he's probably going to be out for the rest of the year. Uh, another another big hit that sucked uh, just because he got back from injury was, and I don't think I got to talk about it last week, but Davon A-Chain uh, re-aggravated his knee. Hopefully he's better because he's uh, gets better soon and they don't rush him back or anything because he's a big uh, lightning force for that that offense. And it's cool to see him and Mostert out there kind of running around and everything. Next, I know we saw uh, this for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Jalen Phillips towards Achilles. Uh, so he'll be out big time edge rusher for them. Um, and there they they really don't have too much depth of that position. And that's kind of the, the the side of the ball that if that that side of the ball can figure it out, they could be a really good team. Uh, they're already a good to great team, but that can kind of set them over the edge. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Jetty, Jetta had a hamstring injury. He's set to return. Uh, we'll see uh, that loss this past weekend kind of sucked because that they really kind of messed up there their projection and everything like that. Brutal. Chris Olave, concussion, he's questionable. Um, I, I think they play Sunday, so he may be able to be back by then, but uh, concussions are always weird, so keep an eye on that. And then two for the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Lane Johnson, uh, who woke up uh, with a groin <laughs> injury, um, not the similar groin injuries that, that the kid wakes up with every Sunday morning, but Right. Uh, <laughs> that you gotta go that you gotta go to urgent care for and whatnot but <laughs> yeah but woke up with a growing injury wasn't able to play it obviously see the production was there was a big drop off in that position on that old line uh but it is nice to have you know three or four other all pro pro ball old linemen play on the same line as you so uh, and then on the other side of the line fletcher cox had another groin injury um he actually had to come out of the game so it'll be interesting to see how that uh, D line goes up against uh, the 49ers this week, right? Uh, with them yeah, running. Time. So uh, next, we're going to go into uh, Dorian, our uh, DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah. Um, he suffered a concussion. This is actually the video I'm going to go over and yep. we're going to share the screen. Okay. Yeah. This is a brutal hit. I was watching this one live and I was like, oh, this dude's knocked out for sure. Yeah, so share it right there. There we go. Put All right, you're on. Screen. All right, sweet. So uh, you can see right here, it's just going to be, I'm just going to do that short video right there. Um, and you can just see kind of gets up under that face mask and gets him in the chin. And you'll see later videos going out through the week of where he, he actually kind of busted that chin up pretty bad. And so, uh, the that, man, there we go. Um, and so that's kind of my, right. my spill I'm going to go over with, with concussions. I know they're a big thing. We've kind of paid attention to, it seems like every couple of years they harp on it a lot and then it kind of fades for a little bit and then it comes back to light, but just going over concussions, you know, technically a concussion is a traumatic brain injury, which means that's trauma to the head or the brain that causes the brain to slightly move within the skull. Um, just some stats to put out there. One Basically, one and a half to almost four million concussions occur within sports. 
in the United States. That's not the rest of the, the world. So you can imagine wow. how how often these can occur and they can occur from, you know, little kids to professional athletes to whatever level you're at. Um, and then there's two different types of or they describe them as two different types of uh, concussions. One's called a contra coup or counter coup, which is when the head is stationary, uh, when the head hits a stationary object. So, you know, okay. I know it's going to be funny to say it like this, but picture like if you hit your head up against a wall, that would be contra coup. Okay. A coup. So spell it. Yes. So spell it like C-O-U-P. So like coop, but it's coup. Okay. okay. Uh, is basically when a moving object hits a stationary head. So as you could see in that last video, a uh, defensive player hitting him in the head. Um, and just to kind of touch on on concussions, and I, I preach this to all my athletes and, and students and whatnot, all concussions are different and they heal differently. Okay. I know a lot of people, you get these reports out there, and it, it kind of looks weird when you see the NFL or, or big-time organizations do this where guys get concussions and then they come back in the same week and play on Sunday. And it's like, I'm sorry, but it's really hard for me to determine that they fully healed from a hit like that in five days. Because right. when you're working with uh, concussion protocol and recovery process, I know for us, we have uh, a five phase essentially protocol is phase one. You're able to go through a regular daily basis without any symptoms. That's going to class. That's walking around. That's going to lunch, whatever, showering, watching TV, studying. Um and then, you know, day two, you know, you're doing some light cardio, some bike. Day three, kind of same thing, running around. Day four, you're doing more high intense drills, sprinting, sprint work, lifting, stuff like that. And then you get into your non-contact and your contact phase. And so for me, it's really tough to sit here and be like, hey, yeah, this guy's going to be back in seven days when right. they have to go through that phase and pass it all. And so that's that's why you really don't want to put a gauge on the return period, because if you sit here and say like, oh, you'll be back in five to seven days. Well, you're in day six and you're still having symptoms. And it's like, well, I'm not back yet. OK. And so leading into something that can come with it, I know you being a former athlete, you've probably heard of this, but what's called second impact syndrome. OK, second yeah. impact syndrome is a condition where basically an individual hasn't recovered fully from uh, a head injury or a brain injury. And then they go back to sports too soon and they get hit in the head again. Well, what that can do and what second impact syndrome is, is basically, you know, like on an, another body part, right? You swell, right? And you yeah. wait for that swelling to go down and it heals. Well, that's what the brain kind of does with a concussion, okay? Not, not that gruesome, but you take a hit to it, it's obviously affected. And then you take another hit to it, it causes it to swell, messes up the blood flow in the brain. And once you start messing with that, then you start looking into loss of function, loss of life, you know, being a vegetable for lack of a better term for the rest of your life. And so that's why it's really important that everybody knows about concussions and knows how to handle them. And a lot of things we've been talked in one of our doctors that we work with now that really focuses on concussion research and, and education is if you get hit in the head and you get a headache from getting hit in the head, that's a symptom. That means right. there's been some type of trauma to the head or the brain. Exactly. And I know a lot of people think like, oh, you know, I played football, I always had a headache and whatnot. Yeah. Well, you get your bell rung. That's more more or less you had something like that. Right. And so, I mean, I know we can all speak from experience. We've been there before. Right. And, you know, you get hit in the head and you're like, whoa, 
well, that didn't feel good. And like your head hurts. And then, you know, you wake up the next day and you have a headache. I mean, and so that's where, that's where we really try to harp on is, is concussion education, concussion protocol education. And so I think that was just a big thing I wanted to talk on. Um, especially there's so much research out there on it. There's so much education and still certain things could, I don't want to say swept on the rug, but maybe not handled as well as they should. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of my education event right there on, yeah. uh, concussion and seeing that one, that was kind of a gruesome one and whatnot. Um, so that was, that was seemed like a pretty easy one to do, but also one that had a lot of information. So, yeah. Um, and we've seen multiple times, you know, Brock Purdy, it, it seemed came back really early from a concussion. Uh, there was another one this week here. He came back this, uh, to, for his next game or it was a bit odd. Uh, yeah. Tua, you know, obviously I think he took two weeks, two or three weeks off a couple of, when he hit his head and had that seizure. Um, well, and that was whatever. a big one. That was a big one where he got hit in the head and then came There's back a in the game. Yeah. Uh, he had the, it's called fencing or posturing position. Posturing, yeah. Um, and basically what that means is there's been like spinal cord trauma. And so what that does, and I know that sounds very uh, intense, which it kind of is, but basically where there's been something, pressed or, or moved in a certain way to where it causes you to, I uh, don't want to be crude, but where you go up and your arms go like that or right. your one arm goes straight and whatever. Um, but yeah, but even that game, like he took a hit to the head earlier in the game and everybody, and like you saw him get up yeah. kind of wobbly yeah. and whatnot, and then he continued to play and then sustained an even worse injury. So just knowing what that second impact syndrome is shows just kind of how lucky he is because those symptoms can set in and, uh effects can happen within like two minutes like it's not like oh yeah. the next day something happens or whatever it's like you could be sitting there and your brain swelling pushing up on everything and like you could you could it could be fatal within five and so that's how crazy and important that it is to just know what all we're doing and making sure you're doing the right thing because in the end it is a game and i know everybody else said everybody says you know while live and die on that field. It's like, well, we don't want you to. <laughs> we don't want you. Yeah, we want we'd you rather to, you not die. We, we, we want you to be, you know, 35 years old, being able to turn your head for it to go throw, throw the ball to your kid or, you know, you be able to wake up in the morning without a headache for the rest of your life. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's that's just kind of my spill on it. Um, hopefully it was a good little education portion of it. Um, but to get into depending on what kind of fan you are or who a fan you are of the DB list to get into the down bad list. Okay. we got to transition into something uh, else. That's not as grim, but my DB list, you can pick which one you want. It's either going to be the jets or it's going to be the Panthers. And the reason <laughs> being is because with the jets, you go out and you get Aaron Rodgers, And obviously I know the Achilles thing happened and that sucks, but just look at all the pieces that went with Aaron Rodgers, right? You got Aaron Rodgers, you got Randall Cobb, you got Alan Lazard, you got uh, who? Who is it? Hackett. Garrett Wilson, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, yeah, Brees all Small. those people were, but those four were all brought there because of oh, Michael Rodgers is another one. Yeah, Michael Armin. All were brought there because of Aaron Rodgers. And then now, obviously, he doesn't play. Circumstances, you know, happen and whatnot. But then you you have Zach Wilson, who 
is obviously not playing very good. And then you bring in Tim Boyle. And it's like, I, to me at this point, just let Zach Wilson ride it out. I mean, you're not getting better play from Tim Boyle. And so they're just put in a terrible position. The defense doesn't look great. It's obvious, you know, they brought a quarterback in there to play, and now he's not playing and whatnot. But if you want to pick the Panthers, the Panthers, <sighs> okay, you could, I mean, I don't even like your reaction right there. You go ahead and say, like, just how much they gave up for uh, Bryce Young, right? Yeah. Essentially, they gave up CJ Stroud, um, DJ Moore, Tank Dell, and then somebody, it was somebody else. Uh, that they that those picks turned out to be. Then you hire Frank Wright, right? Chosen Anderson. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course. Uh, and so <laughs> you you bring in Frank Wright and David Tepper, the owner, and whatnot, he's been too hands-on with what he's trying to do. And I saw a, a, someone tweet about it, is he's trying too hard to piece together a team and not get somebody in there and develop it because this is essentially two coaches and or three coaches in three years or two years. Right. And it's like, what do you expect to happen? Like, I think it, I think it, there needs to be a little more blame put on the, someone making those decisions rather than just, Oh, we're going to get rid of the coach. Oh, we're going to get rid of those. Seat. We're going to get rid of the running game specialist. It's like, bro, like what players you got out there, man, you got no line. You got Adam Thielen. Mingo hasn't been a hit. I mean, Miles Sanders can't. I mean, he's good, but like when you don't have anybody to run behind, that's what happens. Your defense is not great. Like, and so I think I think they just need to be. There needs to be some type of stipulation made for like these owners that do stuff like that. Like, what did you expect this team to be this year? Like, there's no way you go into this year expecting the Panthers to be a nine seven nine game winner yeah like there's no shot and then you just fire a dude and it's like okay what are you expecting to do the rest of the year like yeah i I don't think frank reich's a bad coach either you know i i think he's actually one of those guys that you would actually prefer to have for a young quarterback yeah um but yeah i mean it just it made zero sense to me and i for them to come out they had a, a heyday and you know in the press Basically, he coming out and saying, yo, we had a chance. We actually had a chance to draft Stroud, and the trade didn't fall through. But we have full confidence in Bryce Young. Almost like, guys, look, yeah. I'm not dumb. I was going to take Stroud, okay? You know, yeah. believe me. Come on, yeah. guys, right? And it's like, wow, I thought that was freaking pathetic. Like, yeah, wow, it's- really? You're going to claim that you were actually going to draft C.J. Stroud? You know, even if it is true, you shouldn't say it. Because then that reflects on Bryce Young as a – he didn't yeah. even want me in the first place. This is just the deal that he got. Yeah. So. And then just to send people on their way. Like these are dudes like jobs and livelihood. And you're like, like, I, I don't, I don't know what the expectation was, but I couldn't Super imagine. Yeah. I couldn't imagine the Panthers <laughs> on a good year winning like what, four, five games this year. Like yeah. give me a break. So yeah. that wraps up the 15 minute, two minute drill for y'all. <laughs> We got a little extra content in there, but yeah. uh yeah, pat yourself on the back for that one. You were on pace there before we uh we were under under your, your goal before we talked about it off the record. So yeah, but yeah I added a little extra. Concussion. Yeah, the, the concussion kind of kind of ran away from me a little bit, but it was a lot of good information, so it's awesome. Uh all right, 
Week 12 recap. I'll start off with our Thanksgiving game, um, and then we'll circle back to the Packers-Lions. But to start off, Thanksgiving Sunday, uh, Thanksgiving night game, the 49ers versus the Seahawks. Um, this was exactly how I thought the game was going to go down. I predicted it initially 33-16, to 16, 49ers. It ended up being 31-13, to 13, 49ers, uh, easily beating the Seahawks. Um, running backs Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel did their thing in the backfield and, you know, carried <laughs> carried the 49ers back to the homeless streets of uh, San Francisco safely. Um, and the 49ers defense gave Geno and their uh, and their offense trouble all day long. Um, it was kind of close for three or four for three quarters uh, for two and a half quarters, I should say. Um, and then it just started to break away and the, the 49ers defense started getting a rhythm It completely stalled. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks um, uh, offense in the second half. And, you know, of course, with the loss of uh, Kenneth Walker, that didn't help very much. Zach Charbonnet did an all right job filling in. But if you have no run game and you got to face a defense like the 49ers and you have a quarterback like Geno Smith who's finally written back, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough to watch, you know, and DK Metcalf's trying to box somebody um, every three or four plays. Um, but I, I predict San Francisco versus Philadelphia is going to, the, going to be the biggest game of the year for the number one and number two seed implications. And then to follow that game, you've got, you know, the Dallas versus the Philadelphia game. But yeah, this is what I expected for the 49ers game. Um, and I'll toss it over to you for the, uh, the early Thanksgiving game. Yeah. So if you didn't get in your seats uh, quick, like I did, because I was, you know, stuffing my plate full of food. Um, this game kind of ran away really quick. Um, but what I have, we have the Packers 29, Lions 22. Uh, the, I have the score wasn't very indicative of the actual game. Um, yeah, the true. Packers started off hot. Um, you know, I, I came in and it was like seven to nothing. And I think you told me you were like, yeah, Christian Watson caught like a 45 yard touchdown and whatever. And at the same time, I'm like, wow, about time, Mr. Mr. Watson. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> and so, Watson. you know, there was, yeah. So there was that, but you know, just things I have from it is is the Lions. Lions defense is not good, man. And no, they're not. You know, it might be a hot take, but I know Ryan has kind of that that quote for the the Dolphins that he thinks they're candy ass. I think the Lions are starting to drift into into that category because their defense is just. I mean, it looks like a Big Twelve defense. Like it, it looks <laughs> like whoever has the ball last is going to win, and if you can get a stop or two. You know they they're not going to win the game, and so Detroit I, Lions are Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean that's what they look like, um, and it was just it was kind of brutal to see. And and I know we want to talk about stat padding. I mean that's essentially what the, the Lions did is they went into full, you know, he like you would say he mode towards the, the end of the game and whatnot, and brought it pretty close. Um, another another thing I have. Uh, about the Packers really is that, you know, Jordan Love has kind of had a sneaky, okay season. Like, I mean, if you just look at the overall, like broad numbers, you know, he's got a decent, he's got a good amount of TDs, had a three uh, TD game this week, uh, has very, uh, a low number of picks and whatnot. He's had a, I mean, a decent season for his essentially first season. Um, and it's actually out of identical the, to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And, you know, he's out of the shadow of Aaron Rodgers. And it seems like he's he's kind of calming down. I know he had kind of that big high at the beginning of the season, played some tough teams and whatnot. But he seems to be getting his feet under him, playing well. 
And, yeah. you know, like, and it sounds simple to say, but if he eliminates, you know, more of the, the turnovers and the, you know, just the terrible throws, not the, not the complete bad ones, but if you were looking for that about four game stretch, like there were some throws, you're like, dude, what are you like? Why? Like, why are you throwing that ball? There's no reason you should be throwing it. And if he eliminates, you know, those, like he, he could be a, a decent quarterback. So, and then my last point is I think the Lions, uh, they need to move forward with what they did on offense, at least in the, the run game where they're doing a healthy balance of Montgomery and Gibbs. They both seem like they're very good. Um, you know, they both bring a kind of a different mentality, but they show that they could both be a bell cow running back. But at the same time, they don't have to, and they don't have to run themselves into the ground. And, you know, I know it showed that Montgomery had more touches and whatnot, but Gibbs had eight targets. And so I think that's a good thing for them is, you know, yes, letting him run the ball, but then getting it to him in space, letting him make a play, something like that. And then your bruiser, Montgomery, who gets, you know, six yards a clip or whatever. I think that's a good, healthy balance. And I think, you know, kind of fading into what we've talked about with Kellen Moore and the Chargers and the what he used to do with the Cowboys is, using that run game and that pat or what he should have done was using that run game and that, that running back pass game to kind of control the game and slow it down just a tad. That way it's not just air raid, all forces go at all times. So that's kind of my, my quick little rundown of yeah. Thanksgiving game. Um, do you want me to go into Black Friday or do you want to go into Jaguars, Texans? Yeah, you finish off with uh, Black Friday and then I'll move us into uh, the Sunday slate. All right. Well, Black Friday game, 2.30 game, Dolphins, Jets. This game went about as well as it sounds for a Friday game at 2.30. Uh, Dolphins yeah. smacked the hell out of the Jets, 34-13. Um, Dolphins, Dolphins defense looked better. Um, if this team can figure out, I mentioned it earlier, if they can play okay on defense, they're going to be a really good team and a really hard team to beat. They've um, been different since Jalen Ramsey came back. Yeah. Uh, much and, different defense. Yeah. And just, you know, it's a lot of, they have a lot of good players now. I know that that defensive end is going to be tough to lose Jalen Phillips, but if they can just be okay on defense, they're going to be a really good team. Um, second jets are a dumpster fire. I think yeah. that whole situation is terrible. Um, and I think they've kind of created their own prison right there. And so I think, uh, they just, they, they just need to get through the year. Um, next I have that, uh, Hail Mary, uh, interception reform or a turn for a touchdown. All I can say about that is only the jets, only yeah. the jets could do that. Um, <laughs> and I've kind of mentioned a, a lot of my other points. I don't think there was any point in taking Wilson out. If you're just going to put someone who's worse than him in, um, I thought Tua looked okay. I don't think he looked great, but he did enough for him to win. He still threw a couple of picks and whatnot. And I think Miami, I know their offense is high flying and has everybody running around and 17 motions a play and whatnot. But I think they get a little too cute with it, especially against teams like the Jets, where it's like, you're better than them. Go beat them. Right. Rather than, hey, Tyreek Hill does a motion one way, he stops. Raheem Mostert motions out. Jalen Waddle motions out behind. It's like, dude, just like call a play and let's go. Like y'all are y'all are gonna beat the shit out of this team. Like right. y'all don't like. It's almost like you're using your whole playbook, and it's like just go. Like y'all are better than this team. Yeah, if they can kind of. Yeah, if they can kind of eliminate that kind of stuff, I think they can be really good and kind of move away from that candy ass team uh, label that Ryan puts on them. So, uh, <laughs> Dolphins thirty four, Jets thirteen, miserable game, and I'll let you. 
I'll let you get us started with a, an actual good game, the Jaguars and the Texans. That's right. Yeah, the AFC South showdown. Hopefully we get this Trevor Lawrence versus uh, C.J. Stroud matchup for the ages. You know, I talked about it last week. This is your um, light-skinned Christian versus white-blooded Mormon matchup. Uh, disclaimer, Trevor Lawrence is not actually Mormon, I don't believe, like, but like, it, wait, it, it's fun to make that joke. Um <laughs> And just kind of stir up false rumors. But, yeah, no, Trevor Lawrence versus C.J. Stroud. This is a matchup that we're going to want to see for a long time. It was an outstanding game. Uh, huge playoff implications and, as more importantly, divisional implications for that, you know, home playoff game to start off the season. Because, obviously, I don't think either of those, these teams, maybe the Jaguars, could get the number one seed over the Ravens um, only because the Jaguars have beaten the Chiefs already. But – you know, this game was supposed to go to overtime. Um, their free agent kicker that they had to sign behind Kiami uh, Fairbairn. Um, yeah, my favorite player. Yeah. Um, pause, I think. Um, uh, he misses this field goal from like 60 yards right off the right off the crossbar, which was brutal for the Texans. But it's always funny to see them lose, <laughs> um, no matter how good their quarterback is. I'm a huge fan of C.J. Stroud. I want to say that out in public. The guy – is incredible. Everything he's about, everything he represents, it reminds me of a, of a quarterback that's in the NFL already that I won't say his name, but we criticized that quarterback for a long time for the same things that CJ Stroud is doing. Although Stroud's expectations are much, 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 much higher than what this other quarterbacks was when he entered the league, just because of draft position alone. Um, but yeah, Stroud played well from behind, man. I, I thought Trevor Lawrence made some big plays through the air in critical moments like that past, uh, Christian Kirk right before halftime. Um, they took the risk to go for it at the half, which I like. Yeah, but they got I agree. Yeah, I like that call. Um, the Texans ended up making that stop. You know, kudos to them. Um, uh, being aggressive helps, in my opinion, and that's what got them to win in this game. Uh, both teams, I think, absolutely deserve a playoff spot. Um, hopefully we get a matchup. You know, the series is tied 1-1 on the season. And my last note on this is that, Stroud remains the the runaway rookie offensive MVP, one hundred percent. He's playing outstanding. So, yeah. but yeah, that kind of wraps up the Jaguars versus Texans, and then we'll both kind of tackle the Sunday night football recap: the Ravens versus the Chargers. And I'll, I'll start off with this one: uh, twenty to ten, uh, Ravens win this ball game. And I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week, and it's it hurts me every time I say it, but the Chargers are cheeks. Um, <laughs> and Staley should not be employed today. Like today, yeah. yesterday, he should two, two, three days ago, he should have been fired yesterday. He should have been fired. Uh, I have no idea how he still has a job. And the fact that he's employed today is just another sign that Justin Herbert needs to get the hell out of Los Angeles. Absolutely. And, um, Herbert comes to play his, it continues just to play his absolute tail off week in, week out. And he suffers for it. Um, some of them are non-controllables, like wide receiver injuries. But another thing I'd like to add to this, and I'm actually happy about this a little bit, not for the him to the the individual, the individual, but just the situationship that we're in with this, is Kellen Moore has not elevated this offense any more than where it was last year, and nor has did he do a fantastic job in Dallas with schemes, um, other than lighting up the scoreboard. When you're looking for – we thought that this offense was going to elevate 
um, dramatically with a big arm like Justin Herbert. And I understand you got injuries and stuff like that, but we were putting up number one points in the board with uh, Noah, Noah Brown as a number two wide receiver. Yeah. So when you got all those guys over there, you should be – and you got Justin Herbert, who everybody says is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, which pretty obvious that he is talent-wise. There's no excuses. Um, so I just think he's been kind of poor, pitiful. It could be coaching. It could be him. It could be – injuries but i think it's all those things mixed but it starts at the top um and then lastly the ravens defense playing phenomenal like like i predicted after losing you know mark andrews they probably had to kind of lock in and settle in and zero in on their objective of getting that number one seed in the super bowl and lamar jackson continues to impress without really an arsenal um so yeah the the ravens the score was 20 to 10 it was low but it was i mean the chargers could not move the ball so yeah. um, fantastic win from the, from the Ravens. Yeah. And just what, what I have to add on it, I, I have Lamar did what he needed to do. It wasn't a flashy game, wasn't him making super high highlight real plays or anything like that. But he didn't have, you know, 700 yards rushing and whatever. But he did what he needed to do. Uh, yeah. And that was when the game. And if you if you look at it, how this game was played and offense was kind of run, that's kind of been the Achilles heel with Kellen Moore's uh, going against other teams. Is someone who can, like, not try to just light up the field with you, but kind of make you slow down and get out of your rhythm. And it showed, right? They couldn't get anything going. They tried to do too much. Now, they did have some some turnovers and stuff like that, which I'll get into as well. Um, but it just showed that's kind of been, like, the formula to beat that offense. Is like, hey, get them out of rhythm a little bit, and they crumble. Right. And that was the same thing that happened with Dallas. Get Dallas out of rhythm a little bit. And it, it was like, oh, my God, we're losing again. And, um, you know, it's just unfortunate to see, especially with, with the arsenal they have over there. Um, then I have uh, Keaton Mitchell. needs to be running back one. He's increased every year or every yeah. every game and whatnot, but he seems every time he gets the ball, you know, he's getting he's hitting carries at eight yards a cliff. Um, and so he needs to be running back one. I have Zay Flowers just written down because that one play where he took that handoff, it looked like he was in – you know, like when you're playing Mario Kart and you have the mushrooms where you speed up. Yeah. It looked like yeah. he literally, when he touched the ball, it was like, Nyeom! and I was yeah. like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, my God, this dude is fast. Uh, and then Austin, I have written down Austin Eckler effect. I think that could be an honorable mention DB uh, list uh, candidate just due to the fact that at the beginning of the year, he went on to all these things about how he needed to be paid, how he needed to do this. Not saying he's a bad person or anything, but he he made it out to say like, "Hey, I need to be paid more to be here and do all this." And you know, he had a little controversy where he was he sat out. Don't know if he was injured or anything like that. Kind of crazy, but he sat out and then he played. In the last two or three games, he's had some absolutely critical turnovers, and they yeah. have been on him. And then there's one video where he got the ball on the sideline and it yeah, looked like a favorite one. <laughs> it, it looked like the Paul Ricard guy for the Baltimore Ravens, the 330 pound fullback running down the sideline. Yeah. It looked like, like the kid running down the sideline. Yeah, absolutely. Like me and Ryan in a foot race to oh, the, it looked like the, yeah. you're probably better off. Comp- me, me and Ryan on a foot animals. race to, to the fridge to grab a nice cold, <laughs> cold drink. Yeah. Huffing and puffing, man. Um, yeah. To a nice and, blood light. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Out of your fridge, by the way. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and so it's just tough to see like how you how all these things kind of unraveled and and in critical times we've had pretty critical turnovers and whatnot. 
And then last, kind of agree to your point, I have poor Herbert. Uh, dude seems to be doing everything he can, and yeah, everybody else doesn't seem to be doing what they can. Um, it just seems like he's on an island, kind of out there by himself, just you know, throwing quarters into the water, trying to make trying to make a dollar, and it, it just ain't happening. So it's tough to see, and and I agree 100 with what you said about the coaching staff right now. It's it's brutal. I got a great comparison for Justin Herbert. In my opinion, it's great. I think a great comparison is Bob Cratchit from the Christmas Carol, um, <laughs> but the Muppets Christmas Carol, and and it's Justin, you know, Herbert the Frog, and <laughs> as Bob Cratchit, if you haven't seen the movie, he's working his absolute tail off for just about two cents so he can put a coin in the coal so he can, or a coin in the coal box so he can take a piece of coal and actually make a fire for himself to keep him warm working yeah. under Ebenezer Scrooge. You know, it's just brutal. You're working yeah. for the, the rich white man and Kermit the frog is, you know, just absolutely penalized. Just trying to, just trying to make a buck, stay warm and buy a Turkey for tiny Tim. Uh, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> Herbert, the frog down bad. And I just figured, I just figured, uh, Says the season, I'd make a Christmas comparison there. Yeah, um, absolutely. That was a great one, though. There we go. Oh, yeah. But, um, all right, let's go to our track ranking of the week. This is our top three side dishes for Thanksgiving. we got number one, diamond, number two, platinum, and number three, gold. Medical guy, I will let you go first. Hey, let's go. Let's go one and one. Let's go one all and right, one. Yeah, let's, let's, so, yeah. so I'll start off with my gold. So we'll start off at three, work yes, our sir. way up, or we'll start off at gold, work our way up to diamond. So this one right here, and I don't know if there's ever a bad time to have this, and it might be on yours. Almost you could put it in a God tier, I guess. Um, what? Or, or a vibranium tier, like we talked about that one time. Uh, but <laughs> mac and cheese. From this year, mac and cheese had to take my gold ranking. I got a similar one. All right, that's All right, good. Right, right. Um, my Well, it's actually my platinum, but my gold okay. ranking is – those rolls that Nana makes. Oh my God. Thousand stick stick of butter, you know, in that little foil pan. And you yeah. just, you take one, you want to take like fucking seven of them, but you yeah. just take one and you're just like, you, you, you want to, it's on your plate. You just want to leave it there until the end of the meal. Cause you're like, yeah. I can't wait to eat this, but I want to eat yeah. it first. And it's like, you see a couple of the, a couple of the little ones running around like two or three on your plate. And it's almost like, Hey, come back. Yeah, wait your, yeah, wait, your, wait your turn, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait your turn. Earn your stripes, young blood. Like, come back. <laughs> that, but, like, that butter needs to melt. That butter, yeah. needs, butter needs to curn. Just a little, you get, you warm, get one, and when everybody else comes back, we'll see what's left. <laughs> you got that one little roll that you put, like, all your sides in for some reason. and Just oh, like. Yeah. All right, platinum. Yeah. Oh, platinum. All right. I had uh, the candy yams or sweet potato or whatever it was. Candy ass uh, yams. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I'll be candy ass if those are if those are considered candy ass, bro. I feel like those are just like you've got so much like savory, salty stuff on your plate, and then it's like you finish it and you're like, oh, this is something that can be still considered part of the sides. Can I get the yams? Yeah, and uh, dude. And it's almost like they're so good, you only have like one of them. You can't, you put like three or four of them, then, then you're a fat ass. You got to put like <laughs> one of them and you have it and you're like, oh, dude, perfect. Now we'll wait about 10 minutes and then it's desserts. So it's like candy yams, platinum. Hell yeah. All right. My platinum, this was similar to your gold, but my platinum is 
I'll, I'll title title her Mutter May is what I call my mother. Okay. Uh, but her broccoli cheese casserole, broccoli cheese rice casserole, that it is gas. It is never beaten. I've had plenty of broccoli cheese rice casseroles expecting the same result. It it always just tastes dry. But this one, bro, you talk about creamy, you talk about cheesy, you talk about broccoli. You want you <laughs> you talk about ricey? Yeah, you talk about ricey. You want to talk about spicy? I will say that was that was like for my gold. That was almost my goal because I, dude, that was so good. Oh, it's incredible! I I request it every holiday. Every holiday, <laughs> I'm like, you making that? You know, yes. It's usually President's Day, broccoli cheese. Yeah, uh, July Fourth, broccoli cheese. Broccoli. January sixth. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Liberty. yeah. broccoli cheese casserole. Uh, yeah. Sweet. I ain't, yeah. I ain't even there. I ain't even oh, there. Yeah, I ain't even there. Make it anyway. I'll be there in spirit. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Diamond. And then the diamond. You took one from your from your mom. I'm gonna take one from my mom. The twice baked mashed potatoes or whatever. I don't know what they're the uh, exact those. term, but basically what it is, it's mashed potatoes. You cover it with cheddar cheese and whatever other cheese you want to put, and then you put uh, bacon or bacon bits or a mixture of two on top, and then you put it back in the oven for about 10 minutes at 350. Come back Ooh. out. Oh man, you want to talk about mamas and making one slap one? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> mouth water. <laughs> so that's uh, that's that's my diamond ranking. They come out in a big, a big Pyrex thing, and it's like I almost just want to, like, hey mom, can you make like an extra for me, right? Like, just yeah. me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like not even not even Aubrey Ann, just me. Not even yeah. Jamie. Me. If I saw that at the family function, I'd be like DB list for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but also, you know, the Rooks looks. I'll put you on the start list. I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> put, put that dish on the start list for sure. Absolutely. Uh, my diamond ranking um, is a Miller Lite plus some Zins. Um, now this ain't too familiar right, with. Yeah, this ain't too familiar with our Thanksgiving holidays, but. A Miller Lite after a, a nice ass meal or a, a little bit of nicotine is absolutely phenomenal, and that's my and only because I'm an alcoholic and a nicotine fiend. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, I felt like I was going to kill Tony's segment there. I thought that was going to hit a little better, but you know, hey, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, my diamond ranking is going to be Miller Lite. I just yeah, it's whatever. But the beer and the Zen, or just the beer. You know, I, I thought about the you Zen. You can them together. That's okay. That's well, you together. can do both. That's the great thing about a Zen. Uh, which you know that. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying I, I I put like the and Zen because Zen with food doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So like a, a drink, more more the Miller Light, but then like the Zen's on the side after the meal is your side dish. Yeah. 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 You know, ain't, ain't none of your little cousins know that shit's in. You just grab a. Like a, a, a little water bottle with a sleeve on it. Just... Yeah, they gonna learn. Uh, they gonna learn. Uh, <laughs> they gonna learn. Hot, I guess. Uh, fire drill. What's your what's your favorite flavored zen? Citrus. Uh, citrus. Good. Yeah. It is. It may not good, be the one I get. Good. <laughs> yes. Good. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Do it. So much <laughs> power. Uh, yeah. Unlimited power. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's not the ones you you can't do them all the time. But 
you know, after, you know, you, after you've had about a week or two off of them, you go back and you're like, hey, he's a good, this is, uh, yeah. Mama's actually, don't let your babies grow up yeah. to Zen coffee, you know, oh. <laughs> those are terrible, but yeah, uh, I do smooth I, and I, chill is good too. Chill. I've started the peppermint ones. I like, uh, and the spearmint ones are pretty good. Um, I got a question. I got a question. So do you think the citrus Zins taste like fruity pebbles? See, I don't. I think they taste like, like almost like a, a, a mountain, like, no, no, like a Mountain Dew Zero or a Diet Mountain Dew. I think okay, I tastes, can see that. I can see I that. think it tastes like that. And so I actually told that to one of my buddies the other day, and he was like, really? I'm going to have to go get one of them. And he like, he, like that day, he like went and bought him and like texted me. He was like, bro, you're so right. I was like, damn. I was like, hey, yeah, maybe you need, I was maybe talking you need to, to lay off of, you lay off him for a day or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh no i told i told my buddy today uh he was one of the grooms in that my my buddy at uh, my brother's wedding and i was like hey you're right i was against this bandwagon about fruity pebbles not anymore They're like I, yeah for some reason it just kind of was like whoa uh yeah, those are those are it like back when i used to chew or dip i don't know if you ever had like stoker's green apple but <laughs> But maybe brother, once <laughs> brother, it's like, oh no, you don't want to do it. Like it's you know, it's girly, whatever. But then like you do it and you're like, dog. This it's like, like green apple. It's some candy, like, but but yeah, that, that's how it how similar it is <laughs> to me. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Masculinity masculinity takes uh-huh. over sometimes. You're like, I was just gonna say it takes <laughs> over sometimes, you know. It's like you gotta you gotta do original long cut if you're a man. You're like yeah. dip still dip, there's still nicotine in yeah. like, Come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, oh, let's man. get into uh predictions. We'll kind of zoom through these a yeah. little bit. Um, but here we go. From the previous track, you know, for the Sunday night football game, I picked the Ravens to win. Um but we'll transition into the upcoming NFL slate for week 13, starting with the Chiefs versus the Packers. Um, I had the Packers losing this game 29 to 21 versus the Chiefs. I think Jordan Love throws an interception versus this defense. I think Watson might score. Christian Watson might get in the end zone. Uh, Pacheco and Rashi Weiss. Or <laughs> Pacheco <laughs> and Rashi Rice. Um, are underrated contributors to this offense. Uh, absolutely. Pacheco runs his tail off, and Ra- Rice has done a fantastic <laughs> job um, in the end zone and, you know, just being that number one wide receiver, quote-unquote, for uh, for Patrick Mahomes. And then I think Mahomes and Kelsey stay consistent and they limit mistakes and walk away comfortably with the win. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, had the, uh, I had the Kansas City Chiefs 27-14. I think it's going to be kind of an ugly day for the Packers. You know, they played a bad defense and whatnot, and they're about to play what has seemingly been a really good defense this year. Um, and I yeah. think it's going to be one of those where I think it kind of stays close, and then all of a sudden, you know, similar like the 49ers game, where you're like, oh, it's kind of close, and then six minutes later, it's a two-score game. Um, right. And I think, I think the defense is going to be the big controller of this game and going to kind of keep them – I don't say in it, but keep them ahead until all of a sudden the, the dam breaks for uh, the Packers and then the Chiefs run away with it. And, you know, they end up having like they did this week where Rashid Rice catches one for like 45 yards and runs down the field. And then we all realize why they brought him on the team. So, right, right, right. 
All right, so we got the Broncos versus the Texans. Yep. Um, what are your predictions uh, for the Broncos versus Texans? Yeah, so it's a minus three and a half spread in favor of the Houston. And, and if I'm a betting man, I'm not touching this game just because it neither. feels weird. Um, just just a weird feeling. Uh, the Broncos, I don't like the color combos either. I, I feel like them yeah. two playing each other just looks odd. Yeah, I, and they need to do it like go red and orange or whatever, like something like wild, but they're not going to. Um, and so – I just think it's weird because the Broncos, they've messed around and turned into an okay team. Um, they don't play like big outscoring games outside of the Dolphins game they played earlier. They keep it close. They try not to make any mistakes. Like, I mean, it's kind of feeding into what Ryan says about Russell Wilson doesn't do too much, but I think it's more on the uh, philosophy of this team is that they're going to keep it close, like the opposite of the Lions game with the <laughs> with the Big 12 defense. It's they want to keep it close until the last second and then kind of sneak out a win. That's how they kind of won a few of them, uh, a few of these games. So from Batman, don't touch it, but I, I've got the Houston Texans 24, 21. I think they're going to come off a little bit of a revenge game. Um, this last week against uh, the Jaguars where they had plenty of chances to win kind of, you don't want to blame on the rest, but they had a lot of odd calls. Um, and then I think D'Amico Ryan kind of cleans up a little bit little bit of the game on both the player and the coaching side. I thought he kind of mismanaged that game there towards the end um, and whatnot. So I think the Houston Texans take this 24-21. Yeah, I had a, I had a quick prediction on this one. I, I actually think that the uh, the Texans are going to win this game as well, 20-16 to and a yeah. low-scoring defensive affair. I think both these defenses are playing pretty outstanding uh, this year um, considering the rosters that they have. So, And, of course, the Denver Broncos are hot. But this streak yeah. has got to end at some point. Um, yeah. They're playing good football, though. They're playing good yeah. football. Could be a playoff team. They're playing just good enough football. Yes, <laughs> that's a great. That's a great way to put it, right there. Just, just good enough football. Um, <clears throat> all right. So we got the Lions versus the Saints. Um, I, I got the Lions winning this one in a close one, twenty-three to twenty. And I went back and forth on who was going to win this game or not. I, I, I just. Because the reason I say that is because after they just lost, uh, the Lions just lost their previous game to the Packers, we thought that they had an easy schedule for the rest of the year mm -hmm. and could be, you know, run away undefeated on their slate and maybe get the number one spot, but definitely secure the number two spot. With that loss, they just lost everything. They lost yeah. the number two spot's gone, the number three spot might be gone. Um, you know, who knows? But um, the Saints are an angry team who is battled or trifled with injuries and they could be hungry. So I went back and forth, but I think the better team here is the lions. I just despise how the coach or how the saints are coached and they just don't have a lot of guys left. So this is just a bad game for the saints to be having right now. Um, but who knows? Derek Carr has three critical injuries at wide receiver. Like I mentioned, you know, Kamara is probably going to be force fed, but we have a Taysom Hill breakout game. Once again, when he gets the ball, good things can happen. If you can get it to him effectively, I think the Saints can win this game. Um, the Lions struggle versus might struggle versus this strong defense. You know, it is a pretty decent defense. Uh, ground game, I think, will make the difference in this game for the Lions. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've got the Lions in the close one. So yeah, I got the. I, I went a different route. I went. I think the Lions blow the Saints out. I think it's a thirty-one seventeen game. Um, oh, wow. Just because I don't think the the Saints are going to be able to score. Um, you know. Thomas is out, uh, Alave's out, Rashid Shahid, 
was gimpy during the game, had to come out of the game. And for my fantasy liking, it's probably going to be great because, and sorry, I'm playing you, the Rook, uh, but no, I'm toast. I, I think this is going to be similar to like when Kamara first got back when Derek Carr was hurt, where he got like 14 catches for like 48 yards or something. And so I think it's going to be that way. I don't think the Saints are just going to be very, they're just not very good to me. And they don't have, they don't score much with that offensive power. And I don't think they're going to score much without it. I think the Lions come back hungry. I, I kind of take the opposite of you. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> well, you know, that's what I want the Lions to do, but I just don't yeah. know if they are. So hopefully they, they do what you say. Um, yeah. All right. Moving on into the next game. This is the 49ers versus the Eagles. I thought me and you could tackle this one together because this is such a big game for the NFC, yep. but this is our 325 game on Sunday. Did you have a spread for this one? I wasn't able to find it. Yeah, the latest I saw, which was a little surprising to me, but it's minus three San Francisco. So they Ooh. got they got San Fran winning by at least three. That's interesting. Okay. Um, well, three, yeah. I, I have uh, – I have the Eagles winning this one on a game-winning field goal, 27 <laughs> to 26. Oh. Um, I think this is going to be like – it's going to be 24 to 26, 49ers, and then the Eagles will have the ball last, and I think the Eagles will make that field goal. It could be any different type of score, but I think the Eagles will kick a field goal to win this game, and it's going to be that close because for some strange freaking reason, the Eagles yeah. have found a way to win all these games, um, and – I will say this. I think they're the luckiest team in sports. I think officiating and uncontrollable circumstances have benefited this team more than any team on this planet in the history of sports. Um, I've seen games where it's raining, which affects the other team, and then it benefits the Eagles and things might slip their way. Um, I've seen games where uh, the, the opposing team just kind of quit right before you know the, uh, the end of regulation. I've seen games where um, – We've had tackles right at the goal line and not called a touchdown when they should have been, or maybe stepping out on a two-point conversion. You know, you could just go down the list. I've seen games where the Philadelphia Eagles haven't had a single fucking penalty the entire game Absolutely. against a winning team on primetime football. You can just go down the list. I think they're constantly being outplayed, but they're constantly winning at the same time. And I don't know what's going on, but I don't like it. Yeah. And I don't want because I don't want to hate on anybody non-objectively. I think Hertz is being outplayed by every quarterback he plays, and he's winning the game. Josh yeah. Allen clearly outplayed Jalen Hurts. Dak Prescott clearly outplayed Jalen Hurts. <laughs> you know, just go down at halftime. He's got like 19 yards in the interception with a zero passer rating, and they won the game. Um, I just I'm baffled um, by it. Mahomes outperformed him as well. Um, but to, to wrap it up, I think. I think CMC is held to a tight um, ground game. I, think, I don't think he gets a lot of yards in the ground, but I think he's effective in the aerial attack. Ayuk and Kittle, I think, cash in with high-volume performances. I think uh, the Eagles have struggled heavily with defending the tight end, so I think Kittle should have a big game. Ayuk, their secondary is not that good. So, um, And then A.J. Brown versus Chardavius Ward. I'm interested to see the recap on um, how those coverages went. Um, and how those passes go for for AJ Brown? He's had two kind of quiet games, but yeah, I think the Eagles win this one. Um, I really don't want any of these teams to win this game. But if any yeah. team is going to win it, I would say the 49ers. I would, we need them to win. Yeah. So uh, I, I have a very similar outcome to you. I have 28-24 Philadelphia. 
I think it's going to be a little different to where it's going to be like a 24-21 game fourth quarter, and they're going to somehow get down to the goal line and push push it in and <laughs> take the lead. Um, but I think if there's a team to beat them, obviously it's the 49ers. Uh, right now, all the 49ers are healthy on both sides of the ball where the Eagles are a little dinged up, uh, especially like we mentioned with Lane Johnson on one side and uh, Fletcher Cox on the other. Um, I agree with you that I think it's going to be – this is going to be ha- going to have to be the Brock Purdy game, right? He's going to have to play well. They're not going to be able to just sit there and tote the rock all over him. And right. I think they're going to – he's really going to have to spread the ball out and do it that way. I think Devontae Smith, and as we've seen – is going to be the, uh, I guess, the con- most contributing and affecting factor this game um, because it seems they've kind of taken away A.J. Brown the last few games uh, by essentially stopping the, oh, shit, A.J. Brown's down there somewhere, single coverage, uh, right. you know, on your head type ball. And they've kind of limited him. He's kind of really, sl- I don't want to say slacked off in production, but the numbers – at the beginning of the season are not there, and Devontae Smith have gone up. Um, I think another a big thing for the 49ers to win outside of Brock Purdy is going to be, to me, it's going to be uh, Fred Warner and how he contains and manages uh, Jalen Hurts, and it's, un, it's unreal that you could have a linebacker in that conversation to do that, but I right. think that's going to be that's going to be crazy for them. And then, as always, keeping the Eagles out of fourth and one and two or third and one and two is going to be crucial. Uh, that, to me, is one of the most demoralizing things for some of these defenses is when you get a big stop and you do this and you just know what's coming. Um, and so I think I think it's going to be really tough for the 49ers and the Eagles uh, because this is going to be one of the more balanced team outside of the Chiefs and the Cowboys and really the most star-studded team they've faced since the Cowboys. And uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how this takes off, but I've got – I've got uh, Philly 28, 49ers 24. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to bring this statistic up because I know we sent it in here uh, about those one-yard touchdowns. Two rush touchdowns for Dak Prescott this year versus Jalen Hurts is 11, 28 yards on touchdown runs for Dak Prescott compared to 33 for Jalen Hurts. One, eight one-yard touchdown runs from Jalen Hurts so far this year. Eight QB sneaks. You want to talk about stat padding? Yeah. And I mean, and I mean, we hate on it, and it sucks and, it and whatnot. But at the same time, you gotta you gotta give it up for the OCs, the head coaches, finding something that, I mean, if they've seemed to found that one play that you can go to that almost always works and always results in the result you want. And to me, like any coach would would you know give up their left nut for for that right you get on the goal line within five yards and we talked about it at the beginning of the year with the cowboys struggling with red zone defense right i mean essentially the the eagles could tush push two times and be in the end zone every time and so yeah. you got to give credit where credit's due on them i mean it's something that seems to be unstoppable until honestly it'll be in, and i'm not wishing this upon him but it'll be until you know a patrick mahomes type deal where he did it right Remember a few years ago where he dislocated his kneecap, Spatella came out of place doing a QB sneak. Right. And that's probably going to be the only thing that stops him is if something happens to their quarterback. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, you, like you said. Um, and it's never close either. 
Like it's yeah. always it's always just a oh like that was three three yards like yeah. easily. Um, so yeah, sweet. Okay, we'll move into quickly the kids' picks. Um, and this is brought to you by, of course, the kid. These are your three player props for Thursday night football. Um, and then we'll move into tracking the boys after this. But for your kids' picks, we've got Brandon Aubrey, the kicker for the Dallas Cowboys. We've got him going over one and a half field goals. And then you got Brandon Cooks, the archer. Um, he's finding his bow on Thursday night football, going over on 41 and a half reception yards. Gino, he's written back Smith for the Seattle Seahawks. We're going to go under 228 and a half passing yards. Gino Smith, you have written back. So those are your kids' picks for Thursday night football, your three-player props, um, and that is um, from this, the Prize Picks apps. Um, but, of course, you can bet wherever. We are not directly sponsored by anybody. Um, but let's move into tracking the boys' segment, um, the boys' Week 12 recap. Now, of course, we got online the smoking that commie pack uh, Dak Prescott um, video that we always post. And this was a big one, 45 to 10 Dallas Cowboys win this game. We want to, you know, shortly refract it. These are, again, we know these are not very good teams. We're supposed to do these to these teams. Not everybody does this kind of stuff to these teams, but we're supposed to do it and we do it. So we, we, the Cowboys passed that anti-gauntlet where we played all those crappy teams. And if you lost one, it would have been all over the headlines. Well, they didn't, they did what they were supposed to do. Um, but uh, nonetheless, we'll give a little quick, short, you know, kind of recap on the offense versus defense. But, you know, of course, authentic and detailed as we can make it. We just know that you guys expected a win here. And there really isn't too much to touch on until the predictions when we enter the gauntlet. Um, so without further ado, the medical guy, um, what were some top things that you saw from the offense in this game? Obviously, we'll get into the DAC on track segment here in just a second. Um, but big offensive explosion in this game. So probably a lot a lot to talk about yeah absolutely um i mean biggest things outside of dak uh tony pollard seems to be catching his catching his wind uh seems to be doing well but like we've talked about you know more of the outside run schemes getting them outside the tackles you know away from the 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 biggest people on the field but then like being able to go back to it right you don't want to get too predictable to where it's like well they're not running up the middle so and that's kind of that's how he scored. And so I thought that was very good. Uh, obviously, Brandon Cook still being involved a hell of a lot in the passing game, as we've talked about and not to pat myself on the back. But I mentioned having him run routes that are across the field and him being to basically run faster laterally or <laughs> diagonally faster right. than the defenders. And so uh, essentially scheming stuff short and across and then him running the opposite way. And we've now seen two touchdowns, three touchdowns uh, this year happen like that. And I think that's going to be a big thing for them to continue. Now it makes teams think about, oh, shit, they've got Brandon Cooks going now. CD opens up. Uh, Jake Ferguson opens up. Help Robert Turpin. Or uh, uh, Turpin Turpin opens up. Uh, You know, yeah, Tolbert opens up. Like, hell, even Gallup can run his eight-yard stops. Yeah, yeah. It just opens up and makes you think like, oh, shit, now we got to look for this. Like, not only can he throw it, you know, to where CD can make plays, 
he could throw it up the seam to Ferguson or he can throw it across the field to Cooks. And so I thought that was good to see. Um, those are my two big things from the offense. Uh, from the defense, obviously, we got to give a shout-out to Deron De- uh, Bland. I keep screwing up names right now, but Deron Bland, uh, you know, rewriting history. I think it was his fifth uh, pick six of the year. He's really turned out to be that dude, especially with Trayvon Diggs going down. So that was awesome. Uh, that was awesome to see. And, um, you know, overall, a lot of defense did well. I mean, that that offense for the, the commanders, they're good. Like, they swing yeah. it, I think. I read a stat to where this is the first game where a team had, you know, 500 yards of offense or something like that, a uh, hundred yard receiver, uh, less than 25 yard penalties and lose. I think the record was like 70 and zero or something. And now Holy 70 shit. and one, uh, it was some insane stat. The week. Yeah. It was some insane stat. And I was like, good God. But I mean, overall, I thought, you know, Deron Bland looked great. Um, Marquise Bell always is as improving, and then seeing uh Osa Digizua, uh, he's really been a nice find and been just an absolute game changer up the middle. Uh, and it's funny because we talked about Hankins and Mozzie Smith, and he's kind of been the one that we didn't talk about as much, and he's kind of come on the scene. But that's kind of those are kind of my my points to take away from the boys, yeah, yeah, and all good points there. And luckily, I kind of have alternative ones. Um, so good on hitting on Pollard and Turpin and all those guys. And um, I want to talk about, you know, Brandon Cooks. You know, he's finally finding his – the uh, the archer is finding his bow consistently. But Dak Prescott, can you know, distributed this football to a widespread of different wide receivers throughout this game, like you mentioned. I think it was like eight or nine different uh, receivers, essentially. I mean, Schoonmaker uh, all the way down to Turpin on a touchdown on a seam route. Um, so, and then you, you touched on Pollard, which, um, good on you. And then Dowdle, you know, got the end zone out of the backfield. The pass protection was incredible. You could not have gone any, could not have gotten really any better with the pass protection from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and then defensively, um, like you mentioned it and I'll mention it again towards the end of the podcast with Deron Bland, you know, absolutely amazing call by Jim Nance there. Um, and Tony Romo, um, it was electrifying to see that happen and, Super happy for him. And, of course, he's got more touchdowns than a lot of receivers in this league. Um, they've been using Quentin Johnson for the uh, the Chargers as an example, which is kind of a bad player to pick on. But um, He has more than early. DK Metcalf. Yeah, that's a that's a much better example. But, um, yeah, so but anyway, we we accumulated four sacks against uh, Sam Howell, who's our, I think he's already been t- sacked over 50 times this year. Oh, yeah, it's been um, insane. Yeah, and then you mentioned the 500 yards of offense in the total game, but um, this off this Washington offense completely stalled in the second half. I mean, they could no. they could it was all basically in the first half, and in the second half it was just kind of garbage time yards. Um, but just kind of a little update on Michael Parsons, who's having a, still an incredible year. And I saw I don't remember I don't want to I can't shout out the podcast I can't remember the name of it, but I saw this awesome statistic. You can find this probably on public free general information, but. Uh, of course, Parsons has 11 and a half sacks, but the stat that I thought was incredible, he's top three, I think number one, highest pressured um, pressure forced um, at the edge position. And I think he's top three. I can't quote if he's number one, but top three in double team rate, which, uh, you know, that just tells you alone. It's not about the sacks. It's about the presence. It's about the talent. It's about, you know, how ferocious of an NFL player you are. You're feared on that field. Your eyes have to be locked on at all times on Michael Parsons. 
And the, just because the sacks aren't at 25 already doesn't mean that he is the best <laughs> edge in football. Um, yeah. And then question mark, Darius Leonard to Dallas. And, you know, we'll keep you all updated and up to speed on that one. Um, he had a successful visit today. He's going to visit our arch rival, Philadelphia Eagles, who will probably sign him uh, upon arrival. Um, but anyway, let's go to the DAC on track segment, and we'll bring up the chart here. Um, of course, we had an amazing performance from Dak Prescott with four touchdowns um, in this game. But, yeah, 22 out of 32, Jeez. 331 yards, four touchdowns, and a plus 8.5% 8. CPOE. This boy was heaving this bitch around the fucking football field. I mean, yeah. we, we've got one over – like two over 20 yards. We got a, a touchdown – I'm sorry, 30 yards, one close to 40. A 40-yard touchdown, a 30-yard touchdown, a 20-yard touchdown, and a touchdown on the screen at down line line of scrimmage. Lots of green dots, no interceptions. This is incredible. This is an yeah. incredible chart. If you're looking for quarterback charts, this is the one to look at. Um but yeah, yeah let's, uh, I'll let you. It was, it was insane that, uh, I mean, he missed a couple throws early too. And, you know, everybody, he missed a couple of those throws, like the first drive when I say early. And, you know, everybody already goes back into their holes like, oh, here's Dak. And it's like, bro, guys, like he missed a 50-yard bomb to somebody. Like give him a break, dude. Right, like, yeah. That was at the beginning of the game. I had people yeah. trolling me. They were like, yeah. Dak just missed a wide open CD and then boom, boom, boom. And it was like ding, yeah. ding, 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 everywhere. Just dotting the field. Yeah. Up with exceptional throws all game long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, uh, my, I, did you give a letter grade on Dak or no? No, no. I was going to let you go first. And I'll, I'll okay. First. Well, this was pretty easy for me. A, I gave him an A. And um, I think we watched uh, or we, and to credit the, the show, the Pat McAfee show when Aaron Rodgers came on talking about Dak playing the position and not meaning it as like a, Oh, throwing it and, and doing that, but like controlling the offense. And we've talked about this before or in earlier podcasts about, it seems that we finally gotten to a point we have for the past, I don't know, six weeks now where it's like McCarthy's letting the players run the offense and having a big hand in the offense, as we saw from a video from, sounds of the sidelines with the Dallas Cowboys where Brandon Cooks came out and they caught a clip on there of him saying like, Hey, I told shoddy or one of the coaches that, um, you know, Hey, we need to, we need to try to put this play in. I really think it's going to work. It's going to test the top of their defense. And he told it to him and he was like, Oh yeah, we'll put it in. And they called that play. And he came out and said like, Hey, that, yeah, I asked for that play to be put in and they put it in. And I think that's, that's an awesome thing to see with the offense and the trust in the offense and to trust, like we talked about, trust Dak to run the offense. Yes. You know, like exactly. we talked about, you either got to trust the system with Dak or trust Dak with a, with a system. And it seems like we're trusting Dak with a system. And it seems to be, so far, phenomenal. So that's yeah. just my, my letter grade is an A on Dak. He, he played out of his mind like he has been the past, you know, few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great breakdown. And I'm, um, I had the the Aaron Rodgers on Dak um, portion Sorry. as well. I thought that was, you know, um, an awesome segment from Aaron Rodgers to shout out that, you know, he's really playing the position and that, you know, what I thought was very interesting was his, his him talking about his cadence, you mm -hmm. know, that, yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that it's just, it, it gets the defense. <laughs> I think he's going to, he already had an amazing hard count before this. It was very underrated, but he's doing effective things pre and post snap. 
which is exactly how you're supposed to play this position. And I think that speaks a lot to, you know, your dual threat quarterbacks who are really just those one read RPO kind of guys that kind of light up the light up the league with their legs, you know, running on four, three to four to three man blitzes. Um, so I gave this an A plus for Dak Prescott. I thought this was an incredible game. I didn't see a single thing he did wrong. Um, he was in effective heave mode, as I call it. You know, there's yeah. Derek Carr heave mode, and then there's Dak heave mode on these types of games, and it's just you know dropping bombs. Um, yeah. yeah. So, like I mentioned before, Dak Prescott passes, and the Cowboys pass the anti gauntlet, and he now enters basically the infinity gauntlet versus. <laughs> yeah. Um, but last thing I'll say about this. Dak Prescott, you want MVP? Win the majority of these upcoming games because Jalen Hurts is two and zero in his in his gauntlet. Yep. However, disclaimer: ultimate goal is the Super Bowl. But Absolutely. if you want to you want to win MVP, just for like a personal goal, the gauntlet. Um, but yeah, let's move on into that's the Dak on track seven. Let's move on into the the Rooks looks. Fantasy Here we go. Them. Here we go. But bro. <laughs> Uh, this is my second week in a row of just god awful picks, and it just kind of reflects <laughs> my track league. I wasn't right on a single one, so it we're happens, gonna go through them extremely fast. Let's start Brock Purdy, San Francisco quarterback, 11.46 foot PBR points, 21 to 30, 209 guns, one touchdown, one interception. Start Jake Ferguson, Dallas tight end, 4.50, one reception, 35 yards. Sit Zach Sarbanes, Seattle running back, 9.8 PBR points, 14 carries, 47 yards, four receptions, 11 yards. Sit Garrett Wilson, New York, New York Jets wide receiver, 17.40 PBR points, 7 to 10 receptions, 44 yards, one touchdown, garbage time, touchdown, sleeper. Brian Robinson, Washington running back, 8.40 PBR points, 15 carries, 53 yards, two receptions, 11 yards. And that is your week 12 start of sit Recap. We'll move into week thirteen. Oh, I took your advice. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna get away with this, man. You're not gonna get away with this. I took your advice on Ferguson, which I was gonna start him anyway. Garrett Wilson didn't play him, and then who was the other one? <laughs> Brian Robinson Jr. And yeah, it's yeah, like my own advice too, and I bit yeah. the bullet, man. Well, like, like, well, like Jake Ferguson, like it was like second drive. We get a we get a one catch for thirty five yards, and then he gets two targets the rest of the game. Yeah, like, give me a break. Yeah, I had full confidence that after that throw, I was like, they trust each other one hundred percent, and they do. But you yeah, know, there's a lot of mouths to feed on that mouth mouths to feed on that on that offense. But after that catch, you were like, oh, we're geared up. He's finally oh, yeah. the end zone. I yeah. thought at least he would get in the end zone and jump in that bucket. And he had it because he had that celebration geared up. And he had the turkey legs inside the – which, by the way, we should probably mention that. That the was Army. wild. That was cool, like having the turkey legs inside of the bucket. Um, but, yeah, your week 13, start him, sit him. I've got start Tony Pollard, Dallas running back versus Seattle on Thursday Night Football. I think he breaks one out this game, either to the air or on the ground. I think he's been affected with his usage usage as of late. And Seattle's a struggling team on a short week, or not a short week. I guess they played on Thanksgiving as well. But um, start Cortland Sutton, the uh, the Denver Broncos wide receiver versus Houston. Look, he's a number twenty four wide receiver in PPR, um, and I think people are very scared to start him. I think purely because he his touchdowns are what are making or breaking his games. However, yeah. he's scoring touchdowns yeah, a lot. Absolutely. Um, so why not take that risk? It's a high risk, high reward, but I actually, I would say it's a low risk, uh, high reward. Um, sit Drake London. This is the uh, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver versus the New York jets. I say sit him because they've got Ritter back at quarterback and they're playing <laughs> sauce Gardner and DJ Reed in a low scoring ball game. Um, 
sit Joe Mixon, the Cincinnati running back versus the Jacksonville Jaguars mighty defense. Um, they've got no identity without Joe Burrow, no involvement in a game that that he should have been involved in last week. It only eight carries, eight, eight carries for 16 yards. You know, Joe Mixon wasn't involved, and with Jake Browning as your quarterback, you would figure that you would establish some type of a run game. Um, and then your sleeper of the week, and this is breaking news essentially, but it's kind of an obvious one. Um, I just didn't really have room for him on the start. Uh, Zach Moss, Indianapolis running back versus the Tennessee Titans. You know, obviously you mentioned earlier in the podcast, Jonathan Taylor down with that thumb surgery, um, thumb surgery injury. Um, that's a lot of eeries, but uh, reports say he's going to miss like two to three weeks, like, like you mentioned. Um, and then, of course – and that wraps up the week 13 startup sit him. Um, and of course, you've got your heave of the week, which we're going to get some play by play here. Um, well, let me pull up the play. And this heave of the week, we're going back. Yeah, we're going back to college football. And this is Jalen Milrow versus Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Um, and this is an incredible play. throw. Play by play. Let's, let's get some play by play. I'm going to add a little context here as well. Do the roar. <laughs> Do it. All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Jalen Milrow, the Heisman candidate. What thought was the Heisman candidate for five weeks? The Alabama quarterback is 10-1, making a case to get into the college football playoffs, playing in a tight ball game in the Iron Bowl, down four with less than a minute left to play in the ball game. Just two timeouts remaining. He's in a five-wide backfield, three wide receivers to the left side of your screen. He takes a step, gathers his feet, and he'll look towards the end zone on a deep throw. Looks right, doesn't hesitate, and fires speed. There you go. Left side to Bond. James Bond? No, Bond, number 17 for the Alabama Crimson Tide and Alabama. But there's a lot of airspace to cover for Milro. Still looking. Don't have enough Firing. Sorry. Here we go. <laughs> uh, sorry. That was a Let, fourth and 31. I, I did a little. Uh, with my heave there, but um, <laughs> yeah, so that is your heave of the week, Jalen Milrow versus Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Sick throw there, sick win from Alabama. Will Alabama get into the college football playoffs over Texas? If they did that, I would laugh my ass off. They shouldn't, but it's they get it wrong every year. But anyways, yeah. moving into predictions. Um, we've got the eight and three Dallas Cowboys versus the six and five Seattle Seahawks at AT&T Stadium Thursday night football seven fifteen on Amazon Prime. That's a mouthful right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's go through our keys to success for this ball game. Um, I, I'll start us off pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, we want to continue this aerial attack with CD Lamb and Brandon Cooks. I think with them two working together, uh, Bing Bang Boom. This is your yin with your yang. You know, this is your Febreze brothers. You know, this is this is your the other guys. This is your Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg in a comedy film. Fresh start. Um, yeah, fresh start. Yeah, fresh start. Yeah. Come on, you just said fresh start. Um, Scholars of the, the Febreze brothers because we're feeling so fresh right now. Um, fresh start. All right, so and I think this Jake Ferguson utilization, this trust, like I mentioned before, big trust um, is always a bonus. Um, I think another thing we can do here for keys to success is, uh, you know, attack the quarterback on third downs. You know, we got to rotate Bland, Gilmore, um, 
Bland and Stephon Gilmore against Metcalf and Lockett. Obviously, we're probably not going to be following any uh, particular receiver. They both are kind of doing the same thing. They're just one's a big ass dude and one's a tiny ass dude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you prevent that deep threat, and I think all your problems are solved because one of these guys you get at least one 30 plus yard catch a game. And then other than that, they're really just kind of minor eight yard curls and drag routes. Um, so if you're going to play man to man versus a team, you need to be very careful and maybe have a safety over the top of who you think might be getting the ball on that play. Uh, but rotating bland and Gilmore, I think was the most cost effective uh, solution in this game. And then of course my predictions um, will follow after you give your keys to success, but what are your keys to success? The medical guy. Yeah. So mine, uh, pretty similar, you know, keep, keep this train rolling, uh, with the offense. I think this is going to be a, a bigger breakout game for Tony Pollard. I think he's going to have, uh, you know, like a, a typical last year where he breaks off, you know, two or three runs that are 20 plus yards runs and maybe a big, a big long touchdown run and stuff like that, or screen. Uh, so I think he's going to get because uh, I think they're going to, like I said, they're really going to start focusing on like, hey, we can't let them, you know, just heave it on us all game because they will mm-hmm. and it'll be a, it'll be ugly. So I think they're going to they're going to do whatever they can to lock those receivers down. So I think this is going to be a big breakout game for Pollard. Uh, I think on the defensive side, I think we've got to pressure Geno. I think he's going to, uh, you know, he kind of dealt with an injury, um, uh, not last game, but the game before, I believe. And I think he's still kind of coming back from that. He's kind of been out of sync as well as the whole Seahawks team. Uh, they've kind of been on a struggle bus, and I, you know, don't want to kick a kick a man, kick a man or a team when he's down. But I think this is a good time to harp on that. Um, and I think a big thing is going to be if Kenneth Walker or Charbonnet is going to be in the game as well, uh, because one's more of a playmaker than the other, just because the other's a rookie right now, and I don't think he's as used to it um, and whatnot. So I think that's going to be a big thing. Uh, I think this is going to be funny. You're going to probably be like, what? But I think this game is going to be similar to the Jets game earlier in the season where we take what the defense gives us. We don't have to have Dak throwing necessarily for, you know, 35 times for 400 yards. But I think this is going to be one of those where it's like a 21 of 29 for, you know, 250 yards and a couple touchdowns. Um or maybe even one touchdown or something like that. And then Pollard kind of Pollard and Dowdle kind of running the show back there and using that pass, like we've talked about with the scheme, this pass to open up to where now they're focused on deep shots down the field, stuff like that. And then we're gashing them for, you know, five plus yards of carry. Right. Um, and so uh, that's kind of what I have on my keys to the game. Um, it's just pressure on Gino and then still keep this, you know, offense rolling, getting a good rhythm and stuff like that. Um, and then my prediction for the score, you want me to go first on prediction? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, it's going to seem close, but it's going to be similar to the Packers in the Lions game. It's going to be 28-24 Dallas, but I think uh, Seattle might score a last-second touchdown to get the cover in and whatnot um, and make it close. So I really it's going to be like a 28-17 Dallas, but they're going to get that last-second uh, cover. And so I'm going to go with a 28-24. Bro, that's crazy. <laughs> Is that yours? My prediction was 28-17 Seahawks. Oh, I'm sorry, wow. 28-17 Cowboys. And that the Seahawks might do a backdoor cover <laughs> and score. <laughs> like, yeah, I have written here predictions 28-17 Cowboys. Cowboys get the ground game going instead of aerial attacks. Um, and then possible, 
you know, Seahawks last minute touchdown is what I <laughs> That's wow, crazy. Nice. Okay. All right. Great minds thinking alike. Hopefully we're correct. Hopefully it's actually a, a larger margin. Um, but yeah, I've got the Cowboys winning this game pretty easily. Um, if they play the way that they're supposed to play and with the talent that they have, I think Michael Parsons has an outstanding game. I think he eats in this game versus this offensive line. Um, you'll probably see him across Charles cross or away from Charles cross across from Charles cross um, in this game across, but, from cross. Uh, across from cross. Um, yeah. But all right, mamas don't let your Cowboys segment, you know, of course our quick little, little statement tours um, mamas don't let your Cowboys Lose the gimmies in the gauntlets. Um, focus on going 1-0. and um, Of course, I think those gimmies are Seattle and Detroit. you got to at least win those two if you want a chance at, you know, getting a good seeding in the playoffs and maybe even having cont- contention at the number one seed, which I highly doubt now that Philadelphia is already at 10-1. and But, you know, we got to go positive in this gauntlet. And uh, But <clears throat> just got to go 1-0 first. Um, don't lose the gimmies. Yeah. I'm with you. I think Seahawks, Lions, and then right now the Bills are looking like uh, that type of team. And if they lose again, they might be in kind of uh, negative heave mode uh, and just might be throwing it. Um, but my mamas, don't let your Cowboys start the gauntlet on a bad note. Like you said, go 1-0, and win this game against Seattle, and then, you know, the ball's kind of in your court, you know, and, and keep the momentum going. I know it's hard to win a lot of games in a row like, they, like they've done. Um, but it seems like they got the team do it, and the only way to start it is to start it off right. So, exactly, yep. Um, and then I have just a little, a tiny little track hierarchy here, and then we'll move to track records. I just wanted to. Always, I've been keeping track throughout ranking, the year. Uh, you ranking track members? Is that what you're doing on there? Oh. Yeah, number four. <laughs> uh, no, uh, we got the track hierarchy. You know, I just wanted to highlight. I've been keeping track all year, like I mentioned before. Your, you know, your top five teams. Um, and kind of how they're just kind of shuffling around. But I think these are going to be my permanent ones. I think I've seen enough from these teams that to have them in this category. I think I've got the number one, you got the Baltimore Ravens. Number two, you got the Kansas City Chiefs. Number three, you got the Philadelphia Eagles. And number four, you got the San Francisco 49ers. And I don't think a fifth spot has been claimed yet. Yeah. Um, the, your fifth spot is just kind of a blank. And until the Cowboys go through this gauntlet, or at least half of the gauntlet, um, We'll see if they contend to that fifth spot or not. But all those teams below the Dallas Cowboys, I don't think are close. Uh, you know, you could argue the Bills on a good day, um, but you know, the Houston Texans, Jaguars, Detroit Lions, Dolphins, Bills, those are all guys that are in your top ten or whatever. But the guys that really matter are the teams that I just mentioned that have a real shot at winning the winning the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, a lot to prove in this gauntlet. Um, okay. Track records of the week, and then we'll finish it off. From inspiring tunes to compelling statistics, it's worth putting on the record. The medical guy, you start first. Your track record of the week. Track record of the week. It's pretty simple. I think we all know what it is. Yeah, it's Christmas yep. time, baby. It's Christmas time. You're gonna start going into every retail store if you hadn't already been. You gotta hear Mariah Carey on there. You're gonna hear the NSYNC, the Merry Christmas. You're gonna hear all of it. It's Christmas. The way of last yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Last Christmas. That's a goaded song, though. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. All three of those are pretty goaded right there. Uh, track ranking for you know top Christmas songs. That those are my top three right there. Um, but Christmas time, trees up, 
lights are out, ornaments out. I'll probably start working next week, this week, next week on getting lights up on a tree. I have my own house. I can do that now. Um, but yeah, Christmas time's got to be my, is coming up. It's December. It's getting, or it's about to be December. It's getting cold. Let's get it. Let's get it, baby. Last Christmas, baby. Yeah. Uh, before World War Three. But uh, <laughs> moving on. Here we go. Here we go. We got the. Oh. I got. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounded deep as hell. Okay. Uh, yeah. Darren Bland. Um, of course, he sets oh. the record with five. Five touchdowns, that's an easy one. I was only going to use it if you didn't use it. Yeah, I didn't even think of doing that one. I was sitting here racking my brain, and I was like, man, it's Christmas uh, time. That's record. an easy one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Darren Bland, Bland make, breaks the record for pick sixes in a season with five. Um, he's got seven interceptions on the year. And then the one I just wanted to mention briefly, I only I put this one on here because I didn't know, I thought you were going to use Bland, so I was like, I don't want to steal that. Uh, but the Aggie wore him. Um, I got a little attacked earlier today. You did not I'm get attacked, playing. bro. Yeah, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Uh, uh, okay, Mike Elko is the new Texas A&M head coach, um, and I just I think it was cool, you know, to have them hire a new coach that has been at a and before, and he had a pretty solid season at Duke. Um, but I just wanted, since being an Aggie, I wanted to highlight um, the new the new hire over there. So we'll see. Uh, I have I don't have big hopes for 2024. If you're asking. Um, I, I well, have um, high expectations, but I don't yeah. have high hopes. Well, shout out to the AM uh, body as a whole for essentially uh, getting someone, you know, fired before they even got hired with Mark Stoops from Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, and that, that to me is insane that the, the whole student athletic community body. We're just like, hell no, don't bring him in here. And then it's like, oh, oh okay, never mind, never mind. Uh, delete the graphic. We're gonna get, we're gonna get the other guy. We're gonna get Elks in. Delete the like, graphic. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. But honestly, I think those were two good hires. Whichever one you you decided to go with, I thought uh, Stoops was good. Um, I know he's kind of had a down part of the season, uh, but I mean, he was at. Um, Kentucky, and at one point they were top fifteen in the country, I think, or top seventeen. Yeah, they've and been then legit. and then their quarterback got hurt, and uh, you know it, it went downhill. But I think Elks is good. You know, he used to be the DC here, right? Yes, he's the DC, so I think that's good because he's familiar with everything. He's a you know got some roots grounded into A uh, and M as a place and as a. a, a I guess a body as well. Yeah. Keep using that word, but I think that's a good hire as well. He did good at Duke uh, for about the first six or seven games, and then his quarterback got hurt, and it kind of went to yeah. shit. But um, but I think I think both are a great hire. And I was listening, and I'm kind of rambling right now, but I was listening to the Tyler Sports oh, hey. Radio, and like one of the guys said, um, Texas A&M needed to hire just a straight up blue collar. Uh, football coach not not a crazy recruiter with a bunch of hype not someone that is flashy or anything like that like just a football coach that just knows football and i can't think of more of a football coach than a defensive coordinator and so i think <laughs> i think it's a good hire and i think there's gonna be a lot of good things come from it yeah yeah you know you got the defensive minded head coach um in elks and you know he had, like you mentioned, that quarter that quarterback that got hurt, and then the Kentucky guy. You know, he was legit when Will Levis was there last year. They've kind of been like a 
15 to 25 ranked um, uh, football team when they're not really known for being a football team. Um, so I'm excited. Um, yeah. Of course, a change is always fun to see. Uh, shout out to our alumni and our donors, you know, who are really just making this stuff happen on their own. I mean, Aggies, they do things in a different way. Like you'd never believe they even sue other Aggies now, uh, but it, it is incredible um, to see a community care so much about who their, who their head coach yeah. is. It's almost like uh, Friday night lights, you know, Exactly. Where the guy, the 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 main coach goes off to TMU or whatever it is, and they just lose their minds in Dillon, Texas, to get his ass back. Um, but yeah, <laughs> hopefully some big things um, in the SEC, and I think Arkansas and A and M are permanent opponents still mm-hmm. um, moving forward. So always gonna be fun. But any last words before we exit? Uh. No, go Stars. They just uh, won a game against the Winnipeg Jets, so let's go. Yeah. Let's get it. We, I might have to snag a couple uh, season tickets from um, your wifey with yeah. the kid. So yeah, just let us know. Respect. And we can all go together. No, <laughs> not for real, though. But, all right. <laughs> all right, track 24, the gauntlet. We will see you all next Wednesday. Go Cowboys, get that dub on Thursday Night Football, and welcome to the gauntlet. Uh, Shout out to the script.